All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday. A lot to talk about today. We've got two amazing guests. First up, Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner of the Border Protection Agency. He is going to talk to us about the new numbers, the new statistics, the deaths, the gataways, a lot of serious concerns going on in that southern border. And then I want to ask a provocative question. Is it time for America to privatize the Postal Service. Why? We keep growing the expenses. We keep subsidizing it. We've got the perfect person to ask that question and so much more about cutting the size of government, reducing subsidies to failing entities like Amtrak and the Postal Service that never seem to get a balanced budget. Congressman Ben Klein, he is going to be joining the podcast today. We've got a lot to talk to him about. So we've got a great show for you today. We're going to take a quick commercial break here from our great partner sponsors and advertisers, and we'll be right back. First up, Mark Morgan, former acting commissioner of the Border Protection Agency, right after this. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code just news. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Always excited to have this next guest on. He's a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, former acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency, and one of the few people in Washington that tells the truth about the southern border. So glad to have him back on the show, Mark Morgan. Mark, great to have you join us today. John, thanks for having me as always. Appreciate it. You are doing such amazing work highlighting what's going on, and I wanted to start with some of the things that we see on a daily basis. Congress put together a framework, released that, to try to create some legislative remedy for the open border that the Biden administration just won't address. Your thoughts on that? Because I know some of your ideas are incorporated into it. Yeah, John, I appreciate that. Yeah, so we're actually really excited about this. Now, look, there, there are, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done because you said it's the framework. So to some degree, you know, really it's, it's time to, to start the hard work begins to roll our sleeve and take this framework and turn it in to actual meaningful legislation that's going to secure the border and reverse this this administration's just horrific open border policies. But I'm really excited about it because what really started out is, is really focusing mainly on resources. Uh, they shifted a little bit. So I really applaud their, their efforts in the process because there was, a, there was a several conservative think tanks that got together and formed a coalition. And we really provided in this letter a, a significant roadmap. And it focused not not just resources like the wall and technology and personnel, but also meaningful policy shifts that need uh, to be done in conjunction with the resources. And that's really what this framework all is about. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's important because uh, there's so much inaction with the Biden administration, so much false statements being 
made the borders just fine, that at some point someone's got to disrupt the dynamic and try to force something. And this seems like the first big move by Republicans to try to create um, momentum towards disrupting the, uh, the, the extraordinary flow of illegal aliens into this country. If I could just real quick put something on that. And what's really significant about this is that they, they talk in terms of border security. So it's just not illegal immigration. They recognize, though, that illegal immigration is that increases our ability to secure our border goes down. And they also recognize that we're not going to solve this problem just by throwing more resources at it. Yes, we need resources, but it's the policies that we need as well. It's the new laws uh, that we need. And that's what I'm really excited about this framework. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And and uh, it seems to have a lot of momentum. A lot of people are excited about it. And we, um, we're really looking forward to seeing the meat be added to that bone more and more and so we get the exact ideas out there. I know you're going to play such an important role. While that's going on, the Inspector General, the independent watchdog at the Homeland Security uh, Department, someone you know, you know, in your former job, he's been trying to audit and make a conclusion about just what impact has the Biden policies had on illegal immigration on negatively affecting the country. Big reports that he's being impeded, that in fact a memo was sent from Homeland Security telling people how they don't have to comply, avoid turning over documents or turning over systems, credentials so that they can do this audit. Uh, uh, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee, misled by James Comer of Kentucky, who likely be the chairman next year, sent a letter saying this is deeply concerning. This is obstruction. What are you doing? This is something you predicted. I, I, when last time you're on the show, you're like, they're not going to want to let people see the data because it has gotten so bad. You were right on the money. Now the Congress is investigating your reaction. Yeah, John, you and I, we did. We talked about it. You, you, you mentioned this as well. And this is, unfortunately, this is not a surprise. They've been doing, look, this has been the least transparent uh, or uh, a White House administration that I've ever been affiliated with in, in 35 years of serving this country. And, and here's and, and look, I get asked this all the time, John. It's like, hey, Mark, you you were part of this incredible team under President Trump that really created the most secure border in a lifetime. You must be frustrated to see that really intentionally being unsecured and undone. Yes, but what is equally frustrating is not only have they done that, jeopardizing every aspect of this nation's public health, safety, and national security, but they're lying to the American people about it. And look, I remember when I was commissioner of CDP, John, as, as audits came down, I was like, bring it. I was almost proud to participate in those audits because I was proud of what we were doing to secure the border and save and protect American lives. This administration is doing the opposite. And why? Because they know what they're doing is absolutely detrimental to this nation's public health, safety, and national security. It's really, really frightening. And the more uh, the more you look at it, another area where I think there's been an underreporting and we keep hearing about it, the number of people, migrants trying to get to the country who die near the border and whose bodies are recovered. It's at an all time high, I believe, like six, seven hundred already for the year. We're not to the end of the year. But a lot of people believe that number is significantly underreported. That's an area I know you've been uh, stressing that this journey is not only uh, rife with rape and, and extortion, but it often can end in death for, for these migrants. John, absolutely. This goes hand in hand with what the, your, your previous uh, topic about they're not being honest and they will not provide the information to those entities, whether it's Congress or DHS, that have, the, have not only the statutory, but, but really the moral obligation to, to, to be the watchdogs, it's their job. And this is one of those topics. Let me ask you and, and, and everyone listen, when was the last time you heard the president or anybody from the White House or Secretary Mayorkas 
talk about the number of dead migrants that they have recovered along the southwest border. It doesn't happen. They do not talk about it. Look, that number right now, I'm a conservative, is, is, is it reaching close to 1,000, 1,000 individuals who, who, who have risked their lives and actually paid with their lives because this administration had said – that risk it all, and if you get to our borders, we're going to let you in. So they're doing it. They're literally handing their lives over to the cartels. And as you mentioned, we're, we haven't even talked about the, the, the atrocities that are associated with those on their journey. We know that, that Doctor Without Borders, for example, say 30% of young women and children are raped or sexually assaulted on the way up. I, I can tell you story after story how local officials and border agents have interviewed a girl 12 years old that have been raped more than once on the journey, or that moms parents give them, give their 12, 14-year-old own daughter the morning after pill because they're expecting that they're going to be raped on their journey up here. And lastly, we haven't even talked about the atrocities associated with human trafficking that is skyrocketing and associates with the skyrocketing illegal smuggling going on. But you'll never hear this administration mention a word for that. And apparently they're trying to hide documents that prove it. Yeah, it's uh, it's jaw dropping. We had uh, Congressman Comer on the show Friday night on the TV show, and he is deeply concerned about what he's seeing inside the Homeland Security Department, a complete not only a lack of compliance with the law, but an, an effort to obstruct actual information flowing to the overseers of, in Congress and in the agency. Uh, jaw dropping stuff. Um, one of the things that uh, happened last week, a little bit of a reversal, a, a little bit of hypocrisy, because Joe Biden said, I'm not putting another inch of wall together when I become president. But last week, the White House acknowledged, well, they are building some of the wall, at least in the human sector. Your thoughts on the, their need to do that and the political impact it probably has to try to save Mark Kelly's job as senator of Arizona. Well, well, first of all, apparently walls work. After five and a half years, five and a half years of every Democrat actively campaigning and saying that walls didn't work. Nancy Pelosi, I still remember 2019, January 2019. I really, listeners, go look this up. Google Google it. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer stood together and said two things. One, walls were ineffective and walls were immoral. Mark Kelly heavily campaigned that walls were ineffective. All lies, all untrue. But, but people were buying it, right? And as you said, the President Biden in a campaign said he was not going to build one foot of wall. Wow, what has changed? Well, I, I guess according, it, it's, it's okay as long as the Democrats justify why they need to build the wall. Their reasons are okay. It's, it's absolutely hypocrisy. But, but here's what's important. I think that most American people, especially Arizonians, are going to see right through this. Mark Kelly is an embattled race. He, he, you know, he, his chances of winning are very, very slim. So they're they're trying to give something. But let's let's keep this in mind. They're only building a little bit. They're filling in some gaps, but it will make no difference whatsoever because the cartels will just shift, right? They're just going to go left and to the right a little bit where there's no wall. Illegal immigration will still continue, and our borders will still be unsecured. It's this is all smoke and mirrors, and it's all political, and it's just one more element of hypocrisy and disgusting politics that this administration continues to drive. Yeah, and it, it uh, and uh, really, it's done for political purposes. They don't really want to do this, but they got to give uh, Mark Kelly something to hang his hat on in a very difficult reelection race. But uh, just shameful. If I can, one more thing on the wall. So, so you know, you know, one of their justifications, which uh, again, it, it, it there's multiple reasons why the wall works. So, so their their justification right now, but it still supports a, a reason why walls work. But they're they're actually building the wall. Quote, to protect 
illegal aliens because the areas that they're coming across where, the, where there is no wall, the, 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 it's dangerous for the migrants. So think about that. But, but, and I'm all for that, and, I, and that's part of why we said the wall works. It actually saves migrants' lives. But they're not putting the wall up to protect American lives. They're putting the wall to save illegal aliens' lives. But meanwhile, all along, they said it's immoral and effective. It's just, just hypocrisy. Yeah, no, you're so right. It is uh, uh, Americans are so much smarter than the Democrats are giving him credit for. And it's going to come to a roost in the, in the November election, I think. Another thing, a funny thing happened. Uh, if uh, When Texas had a, 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 the border crisis, no one in Washington, D.C. or New York cared. But once Governor Abbott started busing those illegal migrants up to Washington, D.C. New York, they suddenly started whining and carrying an interesting twist today. Governor Abbott said, listen, you two guys, you, you got a little taste of this by what I bust your way. Why don't you come down to the border and see what's going on. Of course, both Democratic mayors are going to turn him down and have turned him down. But how about that? Uh, two two cities uh, no longer think illegal migrant uh, migration uh, doesn't have a cost. They're starting to realize there's a real cost to it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think John, I think this is something you and I talked about before too. Everybody was referring to this, you know, of Governor Abbott, you know, sending uh, migrants to D.C. as a political stunt. wasn't going to do anything. I, I look, I, we we were one of the few that that supported this, and one of the reasons why is I said, hey, look, it's going to bring awareness. Right. Uh, among other things. And wow, that's exactly what it's done. It, it, it had the results that Governor Abbott wanted to have. But how hypocritical, you know, how just unbelievably tone deaf and insulting this mayor after she received about five or six thousand to actually just decry. Oh, my gosh, it's a catastrophic crisis. This is a humanitarian crisis. We need help. We're overwhelmed. We need the federal government to step in. Well, what I tell what I would tell her is, where the heck have you been for 18 months? Why don't you do exactly as the government Abbott, Abbott has invited and go down to the border? It's insulting. Those border communities, they receive five or 6,000 every 24 hours. I was there a couple of weeks ago, right, where, where a judge for the first time in our life under the rule of law declared that they're being invaded because every aspect of their finances, their resources, and public health and safety are being negatively impacted. And, and these mayors have been supportive of the open border policies day one. Remember, what she didn't say is, is why are migrants wanting to come to D.C.? It's because of her support of sanctuary cities. She doesn't talk about the open borders of drugs pouring into D.C., killing D.C. residents. She doesn't talk about the 900,000 gotaways of which there are criminals among them and they make their way to D.C. All she asked them for, not to solve the crisis, she asked the government to give them more U.S. taxpayer money just to help facilitate it. Yeah, that's what they want. Just a little bit of in this, uh, maybe some National Guard help, too. Just remarkable. Um, the statistics are important. We talked about the deaths that probably aren't uh, being reported, the deaths that are reported already at a historic number. Uh, but getaways, gotaways, whatever we call them these days, uh, it looks like it could be a million this year. Your thoughts uh, about the danger? Because those are probably the people more than anyone else that are already trying to evade capture because they're up to something ill intent here in this country. That's exactly right. There are more getting away every single day. That's another record that this administration had shattered. And yet again, it's not a good record. Right now, the known gotaways, as you said, are in this administration. This fiscal year so far, we still have a few months to go, has been over 500,000. And again, those are individuals who have illegally broken into our country, invaded apprehension, and made their way to every state. If you add in the almost 400,000 uh, last fiscal year, that's 900,000. But John, keep in mind, I know you and I talk about this, but those are the known gotaways. If you talk to border agents that are risking their lives every day on the front line, they'll say that the unknown gotaways put that number well over a million. 
million. And just to put it in context for your listeners, is, is that there, there are nine states, nine states in this country whose who's state's population hovers around a million or less. And, and so there are more than a million that, that illegal aliens that have broken in and evaded apprehension. And the truth is, here is the truth. It's not hyperbole. It, 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 this is a fact. There are bad people among them. There are murderers, rapists, pedophiles, and gang members. How do I know that? Because in the same 18 months, Border Patrol has arrested over 20,000 criminal illegal aliens, including a 900% increase from 2020 to 21 of murder suspects and mur- those convicted of murder, a 200% increase in sexual offenders, increase in gang members, increase you, every single criminal alien category has seen a significant increase in apprehension uh, under this administration. So just think about how many murders, rapists, pedophiles, and gang members are among the million plus known and unknown gotaways. Uh, it's just jaw-dropping. And there's another statistic that has jumped out at me. I've been monitoring this for a while, and it just seems to grow by the day. Um, the, we're only halfway uh, or a little bit, about two-thirds of the way into the fiscal 2020 year. We are on track to blow away the 2021 record of the number of people who have been encountered, arrested, detained, who had prior convictions. And it isn't just for illegal reentry. A lot of people think, oh, they're just, people keep coming back and they keep getting arrested for that. No. Drug possession, trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking, uh, people directly tied to the opioid border, uh, uh, opioid trafficking. These are big numbers. Your thoughts of the number of legal migrants that already have a criminal record back in this country? It, it, exactly. Look, and, and, and the, those that they've apprehended on the border, like I said, they've seen a 900% increase on those they've apprehended that, that either had a conviction for murder or had been charged for murder. A 900% increase. That, that, that's, that's unbelievable. I mean, my question is, how, how, John, how did securing our borders become a right or left thing? When, when did we go wrong there? I, I just don't understand it. I mean, and we haven't even talked about the drugs point in killing Americans every single day. Yet, yet we're talking about 900,000 known gotaways, and again, among them, an increase of criminal aliens pouring into the country every single day. And John, we haven't even talked about this fiscal year, the 50, five zero illegal aliens the FBI, that they uh, encountered on the FBS terror screening database. I mean, when is enough enough? There's another one, 50, according through the end of uh, July, uh, excuse me, through the end of June, 50 of the illegal migrants that they have uh, apprehended with prior criminal records, their prior criminal record involves homicide or manslaughter. So you got 50 people doing it, 1,100 driving under the influence, 631 with burglary, robbery, or larceny, uh, and a domestic violence, 900, uh, illegal weapons possessions, 225, sexual offenses, 248 just stunning numbers when you take a look at how serious the, the crimes are that are in these uh, thousands of people now coming into the country with crimes. You haven't even mentioned the, the thousands of gang members that they apprehend. Yeah, and, and that's on the border. And, and then what about the interior? It's the same thing. I mean, that's one of the things that's so frustrating. So we, we focused on the border for obvious reasons, but interior. And th- this is another reason why Secretary Mayorkas is the most dangerous man in this administration, because as we're seeing the, the, the highest increase of illegal immigration in our lifetime, John, we're seeing the lowest number of arrests and deportations of ICE agents. So, so, I mean, if you look historically, 90% of those that ICE arrested in port are those illegal aliens that also have criminal conviction and or gang members. 
And yet, w- w- last year we saw a report where they actually forced ICE to release 14,000 criminal aliens back into the streets and the country. I mean, this is out. This, this, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime, John. It makes no sense from an American perspective to protect our sovereignty and protect the lives of Americans. Literally, since you and I have been talking, another 20, 30 Americans died from drug overdose or fentanyl poisoning. And we know that 95% of fentanyl comes from the wide open Southwest border. It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. And uh, it seems like the crush of uh, danger is getting so unbearable to the administration that they're starting to buck a little bit with the wall thing and trying to thwart the people from seeing this with the uh, uh, trying to obstruct the Homeland Security Inspector General. But at some point, this dam breaks. You've you've had a good sense of how uh, the illegal migration is going to play in the electoral politics. November. This is an issue because every state's become a border state. Probably going to have a significant impact on the November election, don't you think? I, I think so. And, and finally, what, what we're seeing a little, we're still not there yet, but we're finally seeing Republicans who, let's be honest, Sean, that, that there have been Republicans uh, that, that have been part of the problem too. But what we're seeing now is, is more Republicans coming out of the shadows, uh, uh, stop being silent and actually become on the front lines to really talk about this issue. And you see it in the polls. When you talk about border security, uh, the, the administration is completely upside down. I think more Americans are aware. I think this administration has overplayed their open border policies. And I think it's going to play a significant role. If you look at the candidates in the primaries right now, it's all over the place uh, of the importance of border security. Um, you know, John, I know we're running out of time, and, and, you know, but I think what's frustrating here is, again, you don't have to be a border security expert, and this should not be a right or left thing to simply secure our border, protect American people from bad things coming in. And look, this is not about, this is not about immigration. This is about border security. Again, as illegal immigration goes up, though, our ability to secure our border goes down. And we can have another discussion about how we can improve our legal immigration process, all for that, but we have to secure our borders first. Yeah, it's so essential to get that. It has to start there. You know, there's a lot of things. I think there's a lot of goodwill in Congress to allow more legal migrants to come in to take jobs that others that people don't want to make sure that the work pulls there. But you can't have it with all of this chaos now. The, the, the goodwill is not there if the chaos continues to uh, ensue and the danger continues to mount. And I think that's what these statistics show. Your prediction about what may happen after November. If Republicans get one or more chambers of Congress, the Republicans' best tool seems to be budget authority. Use the budget bills to try to get some reversal of this border. Uh, you've had a lot of great ideas and you've been advising people. Do you think that actually has some impact next year? Look, I, I have some faith. My faith has, has improved, John. But I think at heart, just after 35 years of law enforcement and, and knowing Congress, I'm still skeptical. Uh, because keep, keep in mind, and this just isn't something I'm pulling out of thin air. Remember, in the first two years of the Trump administration, he had the White House, the House, and the Senate, and they still failed to pass a single piece of meaningful legislation. Had they, 85% of what Biden and, and Secretary Marcus is doing, they wouldn't have been able to do because there would have been a wall in place preventing them. Um, and so although now I think there's been a, a more awareness, there's a stronger coalition together, there's been clear roadmaps that have been provided them. And again, I think this administration has overplayed their hand. And I think they know if they don't do something, what's going to continue to happen. So um, I, I'm more confident than I've ever been that the Republicans step up and do the right thing. But you're right. Remember, President Biden is still going to be in the White House. So this is going to take an incredible amount of political courage, strength and will 
for the Republicans to step up and, for example, use the power of the purse to push back and say, hey, look, for example, we're, we're, we're going to be OK with closing down the government until you secure the border. That I'm not sure they're going to do. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that's exactly right. They're not going to be able to get that done until a presidential election changes leadership in this country. Uh, Mark, it is always an honor to have you on. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with the great work you're doing at Heritage? You know, uh, uh, follow Heritage uh, organization as well, as well as the FAIR organization. If you go to both those websites, uh, you're going to see a tremendous amount of information. I really appreciate you mentioning that because th- that go there. That's where you can really on your own, independently, educate yourself and make yourself more aware about the truth and reality. Stop listening to the administration. Stop listening to pundits and actually get the facts and you understand the devastation that's happening on our southwest border. Yeah, and listen, a lot of the ideas that I just mentioned that the framework of legislation came from Mark from the good folks at Heritage Foundation. Such an important. We talk about problems. Everybody can highlight problems. Few people know how to solve them. Mark Morgan knows how to solve them and Heritage does. And we're so lucky you're doing that work for us right now, sir. Well, I appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. He is a voice of fiscal sanity and a sea of Washington insanity. He is often and always talking about the need to get government spending under control, shrink agencies, get the government the size the way the American people want it and can afford it. He is Congressman Ben Klein from the great state, my home state of Virginia. Congressman, great to have you on the show. I always good to be with you. It's an honor to have you on, sir. I want to start with something that is a head scratcher. We just gave the Postal Service permission to raise the price of stamps just about six or seven months ago. I think that one took effect. They're back at the trough already. They want a three cent increase again, a second in a year. What's going on with the Postal Service? You know, the Postal Service, just like several other federal agencies, is a, an inefficient bureaucracy that uh, 
uh, can't innovate and keep up with the times. And, and rather than just continue to reward them uh, with more and bigger budgets, uh, we need to start demanding results and, you know, put in some triggers where you incentivize these bureaucrats to actually uh, cut costs or uh, then they either have part of their business outsourced or, you know, the British have just finished privatizing their postal service. So I, I think we've got uh, some catching up to do. And I think that uh, a Republican, a new Republican majority is just the opportunity to explore those options. There would be some consideration. I've heard other lawmakers tell this to me recently. I think there's some openness to privatizing part or all of the postal service, right? That would be a radical change for America, but it might be just the solution it needs. Well, and, and nobody wants to cut back on, on mail service. Everybody values, especially out in rural America, getting postal service seven, six days a week. And, and uh, the competitors uh, are offering seven day a week. And so what you have is uh, competitors across the board that are doing it better oftentimes and uh, for less for their own operational costs. And so we've got to start either looking to them uh, to provide some of this service or adopting some of their practices that would help improve efficiency. Yeah, such a great point. And it's just, it's not something that's in their vocabulary. Every time I watch a postmaster, and I've been watching this since at least 2006, 2007, the only thing they can say is we need more money. There's never, hey, we made ourselves more efficient. I looked up some numbers, and I know you're probably more familiar than I am with these, but between 2007 and this fiscal year, the Postal Service has lost more than $90 billion. And Postmaster DeJoy just uh, gave some testimony to Congress, said expect another 60 to $70 billion of losses in the next 10 years. Those are staggering losses. Any other company in America would go under. What is wrong with the cultural mindset that the Postal Service doesn't do what we do at home, which is cut expenses if you're not making ends meet? And, you know, we have someone in DeJoy who uh, did push the envelope under the last administration, tried to implement some changes. Uh, the bureaucracy fought back. He's, he's still uh, pushing, but he doesn't have an administration that has his back anymore. And, and so that's, uh, that's going to be difficult for him to continue to innovate. But uh, I think that, you know, Congress can provide that support for him and, and support. A lot of it is breaking down uh, some of the inefficiencies within the bureaucracy itself. Um, you know, I'm not a supporter of unionized government employees. I, I think when they are fighting to or, or threatening to strike uh, in order to get more of your tax dollars, uh, that's that's an, uh, not an effective way to run a government. And so we need to look at that. We need to, uh, but that's that's, far down the road. I think in the near term, DeJoy is uh, working hard to look at look at what the private sector is doing and look at what other countries are doing, uh, places like Britain, and, and seeing what can be done here. Something radical has to change because otherwise we're on the same arc. Another quasi-federal corporation, Amtrak, another one I use all the time. We use the Postal Service. We use Amtrak all the time. It's another one that just conically has to come back to the trough and say, we lost a lot of money again. 
It had a pretty good year under President Trump in 2019. I think one of the smallest losses that it had in a long time. Then in 2020, COVID hit. And for the last couple of years, it's been running close to a billion a year in losses. Another one, does that need reinvention as well? Well, that that one is uh, just a black hole for taxpayer dollars. I've voted against funding for Amtrak on, on many occasions. Um, you know, it, it really is a situation where because the government, you know, is, is uh, uh, so overbearing when it comes to our train system, I, I really, it is going to be hard to reform Amtrak and make it profitable. I, I just don't, uh, it, unless they truly start only limiting the, the lines to those that are profitable, um, you know, and they're not going to do that because they want to continue to, provide service to the uh, less profitable areas and they're willing to run trains with two or three people on them, uh, you know, to, to get there. And, and Joe Biden is the Amtrak defender and he's never going to uh, agree to uh, do anything to Amtrak other than continue to throw money at it and uh, continue to encourage the wasteful practices that they've seen over the past decades. Yeah, it's remarkable. I just looked at the budget since 2020 Amtrak's needed a $3.7 billion subsidy. Just remarkable numbers. And that's how you end up stacking this budget up to these multi-trillion dollar losses. Well, and this so-called, so-called infrastructure bill that didn't do much for infrastructure, even the small amount that was for core infrastructure is prioritizing trains and mass transit ahead of uh, roads and bridges. And so uh, I wrote a letter to Buttigieg uh, recently with a number of my colleagues that uh, complained that for districts like mine, which uh, has an interstate running the entire length of it, and it's the economic backbone for our communities, uh, we're getting pushed to the to the back of the line, you know. And and uh, we need to make sure that roads and bridges are first and foremost the top priority for infrastructure, and ahead of uh, any kind of green new deal spending that is proposed. Yeah, so important, right? We're investing in other things while the rest of the infrastructure we're already trying to support is underwater. It's such a backwards way of going about doing things. I want to stay on trains just for a second because Joe Biden had one of those great mission accomplished moments a month ago, said, hey, I stopped this big rail strike. Woohoo, I did it. And then uh, the unions voted down the deal that he helped to negotiate. First off, the idea that the president would take credit for something that wasn't baked fully. And then secondly, how big a deal if this actually goes through on a strike? How big a deal is America facing? Well, it's a huge deal. It's it's a huge deal for manufacturers, for our industry, for the delivery of goods and services. Prices are going to go up for consumers even more than they already are under this Biden economy. So, um, you know, for him, it's uh, egg on his face that he can't bring these unions to heel as he claims he has been able to do in the past. But even so, that he's playing politics with it. You know, you see uh, the announcement by the union that they're going to put off any kind of strike until after the election uh, because they don't want to show the public just how damaging uh, this Biden administration is to our industries and our economy. Yeah, such a great, another example of political maneuvering around the election. Now, let me just ask about this because some people were struck yesterday, but the White House press secretary, 
Corinne Jean-Pierre said yesterday aloud, which a lot of people were thinking probably was true, but she said it aloud, which is, yes, the White House did ask Saudi Arabia to stop its cutting oil productions until after the election, kind of asking a foreign power to kind of interfere in our election. And also, this seems to run contrary to Joe Biden's claim that the president has nothing to do with oil prices. Apparently, he does. Your thought on her comments and just the whole Saudi situation? Well, it just shows you how far a fist bump gets you. Uh, this this administration has been fly, playing fast and loose uh, with our energy policy, and it's come at the cost to the consumer at the pump. It's come at the cost of um, the input costs for farmers, higher costs for manufacturing across this country. So uh, the games that they're playing, the games that uh, this administration want to play with, with Saudi Arabia, a little wink and a nod and a and a push to the back behind the election before any kind of OPEC cuts in production go into effect. It's just uh, more insult to the American people, uh, the administration playing games like we don't know what's going on. We do see what's happening uh, when we can't uh, see the, the prices at the pump like we did four years ago or two years ago under the last administration, uh, when the price of food is that much higher when fertilizer costs are that much higher. Um, you know, it, it truly is uh, the way out of this inflationary spiral. Uh, Biden likes to say, oh, inflation will get worse if Republicans take over uh, in November. Well, we have the solution. It's energy independence. It filters down through the entire economy and it will, because it's the futures market, have an immediate impact. So you don't even have to have the drilling take place in the oil on the market. You, if you send the signal that we're going to increase production, just as the Saudis indicated and OPEC indicated they were going to decrease production, uh, the markets will respond immediately and it'll be a favorable response and it'll be one that um, helps to push down on this inflationary spiral. But Biden doesn't seem to want it. Maybe the elections will teach him a lesson. Yeah, I think the voters may send a very large message in November. Congressman, it's funny. I talked to a lot of your colleagues, and when I ask people, it looks like the Republicans are serious about cutting government. Who's going to be taking the lead? Your name comes up a lot, and people say, hey, look, you did a lot of stuff in the Virginia General Assembly when you were a state lawmaker. You, you took the lead on finding overreach and, and cutting it there. You've had some really big legislation, I think just a month ago, on getting rid of some regulations that drive up costs for Americans. It in 2021, you identified a duplicative office, federal insurance office, really, which is just a bureaucracy with no purpose. When you look out and you're on that appropriations committee, do you have a blueprint? What's your blueprint for really substantially beginning to use the purse string power to cut the size of government? Well, it's uh, the Republican Study Committee, which is a caucus of about uh, 150 of us, the more conservative end of the Republican conference that has a budget task force, and Kevin Hearn has been the chair of that. He's likely to be the next chair of, of RSC. Um, and now that Jim Banks is is uh, uh, cycling off, but uh, Kevin is has done a great job of putting forward a balanced budget, and it balances uh, because of all of this money that the Biden administration has been spending. Uh, it balances not in five but in seven. And seven is is a start. If we can show that we are on the path to a balanced budget in seven years, I think that also is going to do a lot for the markets and do a lot for inflation uh, because we we show the public that we mean business and we show Wall Street that we mean business to get our spending under control. And these are a lot of specific examples and they don't make everybody happy. Everybody's 
ox gets gored. Um, but we do maintain uh, our mandatory spending. We do maintain our, our safety net for seniors um, because we made a promise, the government made a promise to them when they were working in the workforce and saving for retirement that um, that Social Security and Medicare were going to be there, and we want to make sure we keep that promise. But for my 10-year-old daughters, uh, Social Security, Medicare, it's not going to look the same. It's not going to be the same system. If we want it to exist at all, we've got to make reforms and change because it's going to be out of money. The trust funds are going to be out of money in just 10 years. I've been in Washington 30 years. Every year this thing gets kicked down the street. It seems like the moment to maybe address it is coming up if there's a Republican Congress next year. Last question for you, because I know how busy you are. You look out at the election. The polling seems to be good. Crime, inflation, economy, global standing, all weighing against Joe Biden and the Democrats. What's the key in the final 25 days of this election to close the deal if Republicans are going to close the deal? You know, uh, Republicans are emphasizing turnout. Democrats uh, like to say if their people turn out, they win. Well, we know that uh, our people are beating each other to get to the polls, you know, fighting hard because we are upset. Our, our constituents, our voters are, are upset about what's happening, uh, not just here at home, but around the world. Uh, they see Democrats in charge of everything, and they're not going to be uh, be uh, swayed by any last-minute politics from the left to try and distract them, because at the end of the day, they see the receipt at the grocery store and the and the receipt at the gas pump, and uh, that is what they think of when they're going to go into the polls in November. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The polling shows that. Well, Congressman, it's a great honor to have you on. You're one of those few voices in Washington that's consistently tried to get this crazy spending under control. And it's a great honor to see your roadmap. And I know after the election, we'll need to get you back on to figure out where we begin that cutting process next year. But thank you for joining us. Great to be with you. Thanks. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. It's hard to believe, but that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I'm really grateful that each of you could join today. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Just the News? And the answer is we sure do. And not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store. It's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch 
our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP club? First off, ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. An ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7. Plus, once a month, you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, $44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right. Have a great night. God bless you. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.